Hey guys, you're listening to Butterfly Road, where we talk everything sport and mental health. I'm Jenny McGowan, joined by Carrie Ricaro, and it's time to get mentally naked. confession that I've been like holding in since we haven't recorded in a while. Oh god. Um I started running because I've been running every single day. I started running to our podcast. <laughs> and like I would play it and if I wasn't finished with the run, I just like literally will restart it. Like the Skip Bayless episode, I think I listened to it like three times back to back to back. And then I was like, okay, I'm done with my run. But it makes my runs go so much faster. And so now you I'm like listening to yourself speak is what you That's what I thought at first. I was like, oh my gosh, I must like listening to us speak but then i started listening to other podcasts as well so now i think i'm just like a huge podcast fan but at first i was like oh. something is something is very wrong with me that i'm what am i only going to be able to like run to the sound of my own voice for the rest of my life <laughs> i was like this is a problem and it's well, strange then- and weird so i'm glad we're recording this so i can run to this very soon and i'll play it back to back to back to back yeah hopefully. i'll be able to do my little elliptical to this <laughs> <laughs> you should try it everyone should try it if anyone running? listening you should go out and run right now i listen to um crime junkie when i'm you working out i don't run we've been over this oh so when you elliptical you yeah. do so okay crime so junkie. you understand oh yeah podcast while working out is is like cooler than i thought it was i've never done that in my life and now it's like my new favorite thing yeah but i would say for running i can't listen to a podcast i've been really into like house music and so i need like that like pump up edm house music that gets my adrenaline going because there's no way i'm finishing anything without that shit yeah i <laughs> i love dubstep too like um skrillex really <laughs> yes skrillex. really if i'm like oh yeah i have like a little bit left push through i'm like putting on my skrillex playlist <laughs> i don't see i don't see you as a skrillex girl okay i see you as like um like a colby calais girl (laughs) (laughs) all right this is our round two for concepts that i think are funny or annoying you don't know you kind of knew the last one you don't know this one and it's something that's very near and dear to my heart not in like a good way in like probably three out of my four pet peeves are associated with this and I have a flight tomorrow morning so I'm not looking forward to it but airports in general (laughs) (laughs) okay what what about them I'll start with my pet peeves the first one is you wait in a line to go through security and then you wait in a line to get your boarding pass scan to like get onto that little bridge thingy. And then you have to wait in another line on the bridge thingy. It's just too many lines for me. I'm, I can't. The second one, when it's like super, super hot or cold on a plane, it's like, I cannot handle it. I can't. Well, now that you are bringing this up, I feel like I'm a very cranky traveler. And as someone who's on the plane, like twice a month, every month because of soccer, I hate the security line. I have TSA pre-check. I paid for this. And so I always make fun of the peasants that don't have them like, see you later, as I cut the line and I don't have to take off my shoes. It's the best thing ever. Um, I have no time 
for when people are slow getting on the plane or <laughs> off the plane. I'm always just like, move. Like, yeah. If you're taking forever, we need to find an alternate route for you to get on the plane. I don't know what that is, but you, you have to move it. Or on the flip side, it's those people who are in the back of the plane and they stand up. Like right when people start getting off. Like, I had a feeling you were going to say that. That's my parents. Where are you going? <laughs> That's my dad. I agree. I'm like, sit down. You're not getting off. You're, you have to wait. You chose to sit in the back. You got to wait now. That's it's your own fault. You're, you're not going anywhere. I agree. There's just so many, like, irritants at an airport (laughs) that I just, there's no avoiding them. Even in the security line, I don't know why, but for some reason, I feel like I'm the most efficient and fastest person to put my stuff in the thing. In the thing, and then get it out, and move. Just move along. Yeah, and it's like people, I don't know, maybe it's the first time flying, but it's like, you, obviously, you had to push all your stuff into the thing before you can walk away. Like, don't make me push it for you. And then the whole electronics thing, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that's why you need to pay for pre-check. I know, but you know, I, I'm, oh, I was just. It's $85 (laughs) for five years. Five years? For five years. For $85 that you don't have to take off your shoes, you don't have to take out your electronics, and you don't have to wait with the peasants. Why wouldn't you pay for that? It's just a luxury that I cannot afford right now. (laughs) Meanwhile, you're buying all this bougie stuff that's coming in the mail, packages galore showing up at your doorstep. I have my priorities. Well, this should be one if it's such a pet peeve of yours. Well, I I don't fly as much as you. The other one is, I never understood the whole thing about checking in right when it's time to check in. I do like, that. Like, I, re- I know I know you do that because you texted me. Also, side note, Carrie came to visit me last week and we just didn't film together. Like, that was... <laughs> we were busy. I don't know why. We were eating Doing nothing. Balls. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, but chilling anyways, out. Chilling out. When, like, your outgoing flight, you're like, oh my god, I gotta check in now. And I'm like, you already... <laughs> Like, you already bought the ticket. Why? Because if I get on the plane first, I pick my seat. And I had somewhere to be when I landed, so I needed to sit right in the front and get off that plane. I like to pick my seat. I don't want to sit next to, you know, someone that looks, you know, like they haven't showered or... So I like to pick. I'm like, oh, oh so he you- looks nice or he looks nice. So I, I pick my seat. I guess this is Southwest. You yeah, only Southwest. Southwest. Oh, okay. If I was flying Delta or United, I literally don't care. I'll check yeah, in like two me. minutes before my flight. But Southwest, I am... Right there, setting my alarm to check in five minutes before. Also, I always do, like, the basic economy, so <laughs> just picks my seat for me. I'm just like, whatever. I'm going there on, like, 50 bucks. I don't even know if my luggage is going to make it half the time. <laughs> well, at least you're not flying spirit where basically you're paying $15 to sit on the wing of the plane. And then, <laughs> and then you... <laughs> And then you have to pay $45 for a bottle of water and a napkin. It's like the Stupid what you thing. pay is them guaranteeing it won't go down. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, this do is we even know like, if it's going to go down or not? It's it's questionable with the spirit. Yeah. Frontier is the same way. I'm like, is this flight going to get canceled Like as I'm sitting on the plane? Like, You have no clue. Oh I will not fly those airlines. I guess what we learned in the past five minutes is you get what you pay for. Fly Delta. They have free texting. Hey. to do since the first one I had it written down I was like oh I can't wait to talk about triggers so this is episode four I don't want to stress you out because I don't want you to be like oh my gosh I'm the under 
prepared one, but I did write some notes. Are you are you calling me underprepared? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> sounds like it. <laughs> Maybe just like a little. But no, I did I like am. I wrote a bunch of questions because I couldn't stand to sit here and stare at you and us both be like so triggers you got any but obviously we both do and I remember when you were first telling me that we were going to name butterfly road butterfly road you said it was a trigger for you Mm -hmm. and I remember you talking about it when we recorded for episode two about how that was obviously such a huge trigger in your life that it stuck with you to this day and I was like oh my god we could talk about triggers forever like we could do a whole episode on triggers so here we are and we're gonna talk about them And I know I texted you a couple weeks, I think it was a couple weeks ago now, where I started to feel random triggers. Do you remember this? And I was like, I feel off today. And I remember I was sending you a video, because I always do that, like, instead of just, like, picking up the phone. But I, Yeah, or a voice message. And as I was talking, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm feeling like this because of the weather. Remember? Oh, right. And I was like, it's the time of year and the weather. But, um... We can get into all that after. I did want to kind of like start with Butterfly Road and because I was wondering if you feel like that's a trigger now. Like if you were to drive down Butterfly Road as something that was like, let's say for lack of a better term, like traumatizing for you for so long growing up to the point where it's now the name of your podcast. Mm -hmm. Is that something where if you went now as a 24 year old, are you like driving down Butterfield Road? Like, oh gosh, like, um, it won't give me the same feeling it did when I was in it because I don't, it doesn't have the same meaning anymore. It doesn't mean I'm going to a game or a practice anymore. Interestingly enough, I have the same thing. So when I used to play tennis when I was younger, that was a little closer to home. And I have a, like the route that I take to tennis, I have a similar, like this one sign. When I, Once I see this one sign, that's when I start to kind of get nervous, start to freak out and stuff. Um, and so now when I drive by it, it's almost like a, holy shit, like I'm so happy I'm not in that mindset anymore or have anything in my life that's causing me to feel that way right now. So I do remember it, which is like crazy. Yes. That it's like- well, I, I was gonna almost say, I don't wanna say PTSD. No, but like it but is, is it? a little bit. It's, um, have you seen the Jason Bourne series? No. Oh. Okay, so for anyone that has, it's like that first movie when he doesn't remember how he got to where he was, but he gets all these like flashbacks. And um, finally, when he arrives at where like his journey started, that it like started going downhill for him, he started remembering like he, I don't know, he saw a street address sign and there was a flashback to that moment in time and how he was feeling that moment in time. That's like exactly what it is. But okay, but you, so for, you're looking at it more like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. I'm in a different mindset now. So these are triggers that affected you because maybe you were playing sports, but now that you're not. But now that I'm not, like I'm not getting that dread that performance anxiety would give me. Give you. But I remember it a little bit. I like remember. So does it make you feel weird still? Are you like, oh, like you kind of are like, well. It makes me feel sad. It kind of makes me feel sad that I felt that way. And I, every single time I like that sign, I guess for tennis and Butterfly Road, it represents really dark parts of my life and memories and awful feelings of dread and fear and, um, like just fear of messing up, making a mistake, not being enough in my game or practice or whatever I had. So yeah, but it's, it's like a distant memory. And I guess on the plus side, it kind of shows me how much I've grown to where I am now, which is, yeah, I was going to say, is it some of it a little bit of a relief 
because you can reflect and see that you've grown and those are no longer Mm -hmm. like current triggers for you. They're, they're like past time triggers for you. Yes. But I will say, I feel like people don't recognize like you have triggers now. I have triggers now. Everyone Mm -hmm. has triggers, whether they want to admit it or not, or use the T word. Like I was typing in my phone before like triggers and I say that word to people all the time, but I feel like there's people that are maybe don't want to admit it or don't even realize that they're like, Oh yeah, that's a trigger for me or a stressor or whatever. Yes. On it like falls on different parts of the spectrum for everyone. Like it can be super serious, like where someone can go in a state of shock or I don't know, like even people who are prone to seizures, like they have triggers for that. So there's a lot of different meanings to it or it can be on the lighthearted side of it. Like for me, I feel like I was I don't know, compared to all the possibilities of triggers in the world, like I was for sure on the more lighthearted end, but in my life at the time, it seemed very serious. Well, like we've said, Mm -hmm. it's all relative and you can never compare. So like your butterfly road trigger and how that made you feel is just as serious as someone else's, whatever they're triggered by. Um, This is really interesting. And I don't mean to like embarrass you or anything, but we're all about, you know, being vulnerable here. Right. So I was just kind of sitting watching the bachelorette and I looked through my phone and you texted me in June and I wrote it down. You said this to me and I don't know the context and I don't want to know because I don't want to, it's obviously no one's business. you were looking at our texts in June? I thought because I typed the word trigger And I was just like trying to see like, do I talk about this a lot? Is this something I talk about with other people? Clearly this is something I talk about with you. And you wrote, you you wrote this. You said, I've been trying to identify what my triggers are so I can stop wasting my energy on things that don't really matter. And I have no idea what we were talking about. I just thought it was really interesting. Maybe I'll go back and scroll up and see what we were talking about. Um, but it's crazy that like, I wonder what it was about and I guess something I wanted to ask is like do you have any now like in your job or that you would be willing to share because I definitely have a few that I would like love to share with people it'd like feel really good for me to get them off my chest I think you should go first okay (laughs) I I will I will go for me like you said some triggers are like super serious and then some are just like nonsense some you notice and some are subconscious you don't even realize that they're giving you anxiety until Mm -hmm. maybe after or sometimes you never even know like I've had experiences with girls on my team we've been out somewhere and they're like I feel anxious and I don't I don't know why and then like hours will go by and they'll be like oh my gosh this is why and I'm like Mm -hmm. that's so weird that you you didn't pick up on it at the time but you were feeling anxiety and then you thought about it and you were like oh my gosh that it was something so stupid like a song was playing or a certain smell or like whatever it is Mm -hmm. um for me I'm someone that's kind of known for having like a very overly vivid memory almost to the point where it's creepy I remember every date every like little moment every everything and I associate events and feelings and everything with certain things So, like, everything's connected in my life, like, dates or games or trips or music. Like, everything kind of just, like, fits and makes sense. So, for me, like, one of the biggest triggers I have is music. Mm -hmm. Songs just will take me back to a certain period in my life. And that could be happy or sad. But if I was going through something and a song was very popular, I was listening to it a lot during that time, and I randomly hear it, I'll be like... Oh my gosh, change that. I literally am like going to throw up. I don't want to hear that song. 
why did that come on the radio? That must be a sign. And now I'm thinking about this. And um, like I said a couple of minutes ago, the time of the year, the weather, Mm -hmm. you don't even realize you'll walk outside and you'll be like, oh, this reminds me of blank. So for example, Mm -hmm. it's November this time of the year. Well, about a month ago, I texted Ginny. I was like, I'm feeling off. And it was because this weather and time of year reminds me of college, college soccer, playing at Notre Dame, almost like I miss it. And I was yeah, kind of like reminiscing. Yeah. I was like feeling nostalgia, but then it also, this is a really, really tough time of year for me every single year for the past five years, because this is a time of transition. This is when my season ends, girls leave, they never come back. I, for years I was moving cross country, shipping my car, leaving a city and never coming back or changing teams or saying goodbye to close friends. Like it was, this is Mm -hmm. the time where my routine kind of gets shattered and I have to recreate an entire new life for myself. So pretty much every October, November, I'm just like, ah, and this weather reminds me of that. And I think it will until I'm done playing and there's nothing I can really do about that. Um, this is like, I'm going to just say it. It's, uh, it is what it is. Um, I, people joke, they're like, you are the Grinch. I am someone that doesn't love the holidays. I know I am a hundred percent confident that down the road, I will love the holidays, but they are a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Um, for like many different reasons that I'm, I'm not going to get into today. Maybe one day I will, but the, the holidays are a very, very tough time for me personally. And yeah, like my friends are like, you are the Grinch and Scrooge. And I, I joke about it. I'm like, I know I hate Christmas time. I hate Thanksgiving, like whatever, whatever. But, and I know one day these things will no longer be a trigger for me, but yeah, like I'll think a lot of people do struggle around the holidays or can relate to like listening to a song or smelling something or walking outside and and feeling the weather and being like, Oh yeah, I'm feeling off because this reminds me of something terrible that gives me anxiety. And even if I have like happy memories or experiences, I think no matter what in general, I just feel like this is how life works. Like the negative experiences will overpower the positive ones. So for example, like the weather thing I was just saying, I'm like, Oh, it reminds me of the happy times at Notre Dame. But it also reminds me of like the sad times of transition and starting a new routine. So when I feel that weather, I'm thinking of like the negative and I'm associating the weather with the negative, even though this weather has also been a part of so many happy, amazing memories in my life. I'm like, "Mm," reminds me of the terrible times. And I think that's just something that's subconscious and I can't control. I don't know. Have you ever gone through any, is this like, am I crazy? I'm crazy. No, literally not crazy at all. I think the uh, music one is so relatable in a good way. I think songs, they always bring back like some sort of memory of the time when it was released, the first time you heard it. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of triggers though, I, I don't think people might feel that as often as like you do, or I do. Um, I for sure do. There are songs that I, so it's almost like these songs get associated with these moments in time and it's almost like it's taking a picture for you of like how you were feeling a little bit and another good example I keep on thinking of like different analogies but have you seen Ratatouille please tell me you've seen that oh my god okay so no my, have you not my Carrie. dear friend from college um James Onwalu shout out he um he just got signed to the Raiders in Vegas NFL just shout out he 
would kill me if he knew. Because I told him last year, I was like, I got to see Ratatouille. It's like That's a like one of my movie. favorite movies. I know. Okay, for you and James, I, I will be... But uh, you really don't watch movies. I am bad at movies. He's going to kill me when he listens to this. Okay, tell me about Ratatouille. Okay, anyways. So for people who have watched Ratatouille when... um, Oh my God, I'm forgetting his name, but the... Food- <laughs> yeah, you love Ratatouille, don't you? I know. I sound like an <laughs> What's idiot, his but- name? <laughs> When he first tastes the ratatouille, it, like, he transcends to a different point in time where he's at home, and it reminds him of home and with his mom and just, like, those nice childhood memories. And so, like, I was just saying, songs are like that. Um, but, yeah, I I also don't like to associate songs with different memories, so especially good ones. So I would I remember my good song when I was in high school, was Good Life by One Republic. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that one? Mm-hmm. My family would go down to Sanibel all the time, and right when we would cross over the bridge, we'd always play that song. And it was like, start a vacation. I had no soccer to worry about. I had no school to worry about. It was like an awesome song. It always made me so happy. But if I was back in like my soccer mode after spring break and heard that song, I'd immediately turn, turn it, it off. off. I did not want to associate it with those bad feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it I, was almost like psycho that it happened to me. I had a bad experience um, one summer in college. I won't go into specifics, but it's nothing like that bad. It just, I don't know. It was like an embarrassing time for me at one point. And this one song was played all the time. And it was on like the pregame uh, playlist. Yeah, And I... Like every single time, I just it brought me back to that time, and like I didn't need any other added anxiety to my pregame routine. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, there is one that applies to my life right now, and it was during college one summer, and I won't really say my relationship, but it was just in relation to a certain brand. I'll put it at that. And so whenever it was just a bad memory, and whenever I like see that brand or hear about it it always like brings me back and it really triggers me so that's an example um two other things for soccer I mean I could go on and on like I have so many now yeah, that I'm thinking you start really thinking about it you're like oh my I know God. yeah I started writing this is like, probably why crazy. I'm annoyed all the time because <laughs> these yeah, things even like subconsciously so I was just about to say the s word subcon we're always subconsciously mm-hmm. triggered go ahead yeah um for me, the smell of freshly cut grass, because it always reminds me of preseason. And obviously, everyone's, like, in their right. fields in preseason. Like, mm-hmm. it's such a stressful time. You're very anxious. Even if you're a senior, you're mm-hmm. like... It's that feeling. It's like the yeah. dewy... You know how we would practice at, like, 7 yeah. a.m. It's like oh that dew on the grass, and it smells, and it's that sticky grass that every... It. it gets all over your cleats. Yeah, that it's feel, so... Yeah, it's oh, my like God, I hate It brings you that. right back. Well, that's the same thing, like... The smell of Loftus. So for anyone that's not from Notre Dame, Loftus was the facility that all the sports teams used. And if you did go to Notre Dame, you are sitting there going, oh, yeah, that smell, that 6 a.m. turf smell. You walk in there and you go, it reeks of fitness. Yeah. And oh my God. Like you are just like, I am about to get run into the ground and it is not going to be fun. Like I go back and I walk in there and I'm like, Oh god! Like even now, thinking about it, I'm, I'm, you can hear it in my voice. I'm like getting worked out. I'm like my heart's beating really. Oh, fast. like we've had some tough loft days. Yeah, and I'm sure anyone that's listening to this that's an athlete can they know? Yeah, they, they know. know. They they have their own version of loftus. It's interesting too. Like I mean, I I'm reading some that I wrote down before. But like it's something so small as like mm-hmm. someone's perfume. 
can like remind you of yeah. someone else or like someone's like an item of clothing or yeah like I listen like you said I listen to songs where I'm like oh wow like that song reminds me of so and so I don't talk to that person anymore yeah. so I'm like click turn it off but like you said when you don't like to hear good life when you're like going through mm-hmm. a tougher time because you want to keep it associated with yeah with happy things times. I do that as well like if I'm if I know I'm about to have like a kind of anxious day for whatever reason, I will not put on music. I will not do anything like crazy because I don't want to associate anything with that day. I'm like, oh, I'm having a rough day. I'm kind of yeah. just not going to listen to music when I drive. I'll probably just call someone instead. I won't like, you know, do anything monumental that I'm going to remember. Um, this is really interesting. So I, when I was like scrolling through my phone and looking for like just me talking about triggers with anyone I uncovered this list I wrote a couple years ago I went through a really tough time in my life two years ago and um I went through a traumatic event that I it caused me to be triggered by a lot during that time and I started writing down my triggers because I didn't know like like you said with that text that you texted me you're like I need to start identifying my triggers so I don't waste my energy like doing stuff that makes you anxious. And it took me a while to realize that that was a good way to cope for me. But once I started writing them down, I had a long list of triggers that I like didn't want to engage in at the time. And it's crazy because one of them was running. And I mean, you know, what do I do every single day now? You run. Run miles and miles and miles. I'm running like eight miles a day. How, ma- how many miles? For fun eight or five or three like whatever I'm doing like you know when I visited Chicago I, I oh, left there for an hour I come back and go I just ran eight miles like I, know, and I haven't moved from my chair <laughs> it's like right, but PM. I but I like do it for fun. like I genuinely I get out there I put in the podcast and I'm like let's go I'm doing it for fun meanwhile two years ago that was something that would have triggered my anxiety I would have had to take a Xanax not even trying to be funny I literally would have taken a Xanax because that's how bad it would have been if I even tried to go outside to run and I looked at that list and my jaw dropped I sent it to a couple of my friends and I go hey like I'm doing an episode with Ginny tonight like look at this list of triggers from back that time in my life and they were I was like look at how far I've come and all this stuff it was like wild to see um, oh, that is awesome. It was really cool. And I just thought it was crazy. I haven't looked at it in a while. And I just thought something I love so much that I genuinely enjoyed doing was something that was so triggering for me at the time. So I guess my point is like a trigger doesn't, it, I guess it doesn't always have to be one. It, I guess it depends on the situation or the event or like songs for me. I feel like it's something I'll always associate or smells or like, yeah. things like that. Like, it's hard to change those. Right. But I think um, yeah. like activities, like there, there were certain like shows I didn't want to watch or certain activities I didn't want to do at the time where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm loving that again. Like I, I mm-hmm. found love for that, which, um, kind of leads me into something I wanted to talk about. Like, well, I, oh, I'm going to just say one thing about that, which I think, um, I didn't really see this conversation going this way, but, um, when I used to see my therapist, he, would kind of talk about just facing your fears. And once you realize that maybe it's not so bad as the first time that it happened that caused you to feel this way, then it's really, it won't be a trigger anymore. So I think part of some people's growth and healing is actually 
reclaiming whatever those triggers are and like taking ownership and being like, no, you're not going to have this power over me because I'm not going to be scared of you anymore because I am going to learn that it's not bad. And also I'm strong enough to get over it. Okay. That I, you took the words out of my mouth. I literally wrote in quotes, (laughs) like how I cope or I wanted to share just like a strategy of like how I have been coping with it. I wrote in quotes, overcoming fear from the trigger and rewriting the story. So like literally what you just said. That's so poetic. I was like, it's easier said than done because I do want to be sensitive to the fact that like some people are struggling more than others and on different levels. And we totally know that. And we don't have our PhDs and we are not experts with this. We're just like two girls that have, you know, have had mental health issues. I like to talk. Yeah, exactly. So we do know that it's easier said than done to just like rewrite the narrative. But like you said, like reclaim your power over that trigger. Um, Okay. So this is something too, like when you're trying to rewrite the narrative, I think you can recreate a new memory or experience that overpowers Mm -hmm. that trigger. So like, I guess off the top of my head, an example would be like for the running with me, like it was something I couldn't fathom doing. And now it's like, okay, I'm going to go outside in the sunshine and get some vitamin D and put in the podcast. And like, genuinely just enjoy myself or for us maybe one day in the future we walk into Loftus you and I (laughs) we maybe walk in there and say you know what we're gonna have a dance party in here instead of run the beep test okay like and that would be an example that's like the best thing I could think of but you know what I mean like just recreating a memory that kind of overpowers the bad one so it's not as much of a trigger anymore Mm -hmm. um so sappy yeah, no, I am sappy. Sorry. I mean, and I think of like the holidays too. And like two years ago, I didn't leave the house on Christmas. And now I'm so excited to go to Florida with my family and I'm recreating memories yeah. that are just different and they kind of, they're completely different so that I can take them and kind of put them on top of the trigger and just like stop yeah. on it and like shut it and lock it, if that yeah. makes sense. And oh, yeah. We're gonna go I have away. no doubt that, well, the Christmas thing, and I'm obsessed with Christmas. I mean, who isn't? But me. It makes me really sad. Oh, I true. know. People, I'm not it obsessed with Christmas. It makes me so sad. I know. People like, are like, are you kidding me? Blah, blah, blah. Like, but I'm 100% but sure I it'll get it. better. I get it. Yeah. But I will say, I watched a Christmas movie the other day. Like, two days ago, I watched Jana Kramer's A Welcome Home Christmas. Why did I watch that? I don't know. But I was like, you know what? I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting there. Two yeah. years later, and I'm... So you don't even watch Christmas movies? I, you don't like watching Christmas movies? Polar Last year, I I was with my friend, and we, we were going Christmas shopping around Thanksgiving time. She took me to Target, and I got, like, the heebie-jeebies. Like, I, I was, Aww. like, the music was playing, and we were... But it was good. Like, I, I did it. I stepped outside my comfort zone, and I, we did it. We, like, decorated a little tree yeah. and, like, whatever, and it was good. Like, it was a start. Yeah, and start. that's another good point. Like, it's... There are some triggers um, don't take long to overcome it depending on the severity, but there are mm-hmm. others that it's going to take time. So it can be frustrating and like some of them probably won't ever go away, but they'll just fade into the distance. But yeah, I think it's just making sure you are giving yourself enough slack and giving yourself credit for even trying to improve and grow and um, put those fears to rest a little bit. So I think just even trying to do that is all you can really ask for from yourself. Yeah. And I think everyone's journey with their triggers is going to be unique because like we've said a hundred times tonight, 
you might not even know. Like some people have anxiety. They're like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And you might not even know like why you're feeling a certain way because there's so many different factors and combination of factors that could be affecting mm-hmm. you. Like something as silly as the weather or you yeah. walk by a smell outside and you're like, that reminds me of something that makes me feel anxious and I can't put my finger on what it is. Yeah. I know. That's so scary. It's like yeah. the subconscious is like, they like feel this change within you. I ha- Maybe when I'm having a bad day, I need to like sit and be like, well, what did I just hear or smell or what commercial mm-hmm. just came on the TV or like, what's the weather outside yeah. or something like that. Um, it's funny back when I was struggling a couple years ago, I couldn't get a grip of it at first. I was like, why, why am I not feeling myself? Like why don't, why are things that I loved so much in my life things I don't have a desire to do like running and it was when I started to write out these are my triggers and then I wrote right below that I wrote these are things that I like to do and then below that I wrote these are things that are like half triggers but I also like to do them so I could try to push through yeah um identifying it on a piece of paper and showing it to myself and to my family and friends allowed me to kind of like figure out how to just not create unnecessary anxiety in my life. And as I started to like move forward and grow in different ways and move on with my life. And, um, I started to adapt that list a little bit and it's crazy to look, I have four different versions of it. Every couple of weeks I would change it around. And my triggers list went from like whatever, 20 bullets to like three. And I look at them now and I'm like, those don't bother me, but it's just like really interesting to, to look at that type of stuff, I think everyone has gone through something in their life that makes them not feel 100% like joyful. And it doesn't have to be something severe or like it could be something so small where you're like, okay, listening to jazz music makes me feel anxious or I don't know, like going to the gym before 3 p.m. makes me feel anxious. Like if you kind of can write those out and identify and either avoid them for a little bit or put them in category number three, where it's like, okay, this is a trigger, but I can push through. Then you can start to like rewrite your narrative. And like you said, reclaim your power over some of these. And like we've said, I don't, there's some things that I think are forever just going to be. Yeah. And I do want to make sure, because for us, these are kind of onset due to the situation. Situational for sure. For some people, it's a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. And it's unavoidable. And it sucks so bad because they don't know why they're why. feeling this way. Mm-hmm. Nothing's really causing it. It's I don't know if we've ever mentioned this, but you're literally like your brain is injured when that happens. Right. So it's like with the imbalance comes like generalized anxiety disorder mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. depression. And I can't even imagine for them trying to talk through or figure out like why the hell they're feeling that way. And it must be just them going in circles and just feeling like, God, why can't I, like, I like this time of year, but it, I feel like this, like, why do I feel like this? Mm -hmm. And that's honestly something just like not really knowing, like, I guess it is a luxury to be able to identify some of our triggers. I know I kind of feel bad now because no, 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 because no, but you're so right. Different experiences. We're talking about triggers that are like, oh, we can now identify them even though they're sometimes subconscious. I was very aware and in tune with what was going on. And I went through like a situational traumatic experience that allowed me to like Mm -hmm. identify what was going on. But like, you're right. People go through chronic depression and anxiety and are triggered 
by literally nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, it was something, but it's like nothing to them because they can't identify it. And they are sitting there probably trying to explain to someone or talk to a psychiatrist or a therapist or a doctor or anyone and just be like, I feel this way, but I don't know why I'm, I'm happily married with kids and have a beautiful job that I love and it fulfills me, but I'm sitting here triggered by, I don't know. I do want to post this one. I don't know if we posted it on our Instagram, but remember that one picture I showed you with someone talking to a therapist mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's like jumbled. their brain mm-hmm. has all of this yarn, all of this string just jumbled. And then when they show the therapist's brain, it's like connecting with the string, but they're like rolling it up to a nice little organized ball of yarn. And I think that is such a good Um, illustration of what therapists can do. They can take your thoughts and your confusion and really organize it for you and give you this perspective and some reasons why you might be feeling this way. And like, obviously the they're qualified to do that. And they have a deeper insight into, you know, what could help you based on what they perceive to be the reason why you're feeling this way. Mm-hmm. So I, I just will, we'll post it again, props when yeah. we release this, but I thought it, it was such a good, um, I love that, that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you sent that to me like before we even got going with this, but yeah, but that picture, I will say like everyone's journey is so different in terms of like healing and figuring that out. And like someone might go to therapy one, two, three times, one, two, three years. And they're, yarn still might be jumbled Mm -hmm. like for for me when I go to therapy it's more of like okay I'm going through something I'll go for a little while but I'm not consistently going to therapy my entire life like my yarn gets unjumbled but then there's some people they have to constantly work and meditate and do yoga and go to therapy and kind of work through their yarn balls all the time every single day and like shout out and we recognize that and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Like we've said in episode one, like mental illness doesn't discriminate and this could happen to anyone at any yeah. point. Yeah, I do think, life. and I do want to add this because I experienced this. So like I started out with one therapist when I was in high school and she was good at her job. It just, I don't think she could figure out my mind, which God bless her. I can, I can't figure out my own mind. Like <laughs> honestly, good for you for trying. But, um, so then I switched to another one and it was night and day. That doesn't mean she was bad at her job. It just might mean she's not used to like a patient like me. I also went to, I went more specialized when I switched. So I went to like a sports psychologist. So like he kind of had that perspective and he'd work with, um, professional athletes too, who are going through the same thing. So he would literally say things back to me. And it was the first time I was hearing someone else explain to me what was going on in my mind and it was like I remember it was like a light bulb moment like holy shit you just put two years of what's been going on in my mind into two sentences and it was such like a clarifying moment Mm -hmm. um and I'm sure a lot of people like they go to therapy they have these moments like this where they're like wow like it is so refreshing just not even a therapist just to hear someone else say back to you what you're feeling and like really understand and be like yes this is what's happening. Yeah. We'll fix it. We'll fix it. This, you're not the only one. Like this happens to a lot of people and it's not your fault. Like it's not your fault. Uh, That's the big one. It's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. None of this is, um, yeah, you, you've made some very good points here. Thank you. You're very welcome. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Yeah, I did too. I'm like sweating and I'm embarrassed. I feel like I did share a lot and open up, but that's what this is for. Um, I, we got to walk the walk. We do. Walk. I'm starting yeah, to we, realize more too. Yes. Yeah. Um, we can't just like 
put makeup on and sit here. <laughs> yeah, and be like, mental health. Yeah, yeah no. Like, we, we got to be vulnerable, too. Maybe today I was all open because I, I don't have makeup on. I'm just sitting here in my jammies, like, whatever. But, yeah, no, I, I felt vulnerable tonight. I knew this might have been something a little more difficult for me. And I do feel like I am working my way into, like, opening up more. I, I like, saw your face as I started to speak. She was like, oh, my God, are you going to tell the world, like, what you went through? And, like, no. I, <laughs> I saw your face. You were like, I oh, thought for a second. about to oh, spill shit. her beans. Is she bean. going there? No, I'm not going yeah. there. Um, Just a couple beans at a time. <laughs> a couple beans. Just a couple. Um, eventually, yeah, my story will be shared. Um, I don't know when, guys. It's been... Long time we'll coming. There. It doesn't have we'll to be there. soon. Yeah, it might not be. It might be five years. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I can start to share tidbits of what I've learned mm-hmm. from my traumatic experiences. And you always have since day one, too. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, just even... Because um, you surprised me. I did not think you were going to share the stuff that you did today. And I'm just so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am. I really Thanks. am. Like you, I mean, I could go on and on, but I just, from what I've seen from you is just like nonstop growth the last two years. And I mean, I knew, I kind of, I knew this was going to happen. I told you this was going to happen. Right. Yeah. And it is like, as my best friend, it is just really awesome to see. And doesn't mean we don't have our bad days and stuff, but yeah. Anyways, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm like sweating and have a little. We're tears so in my eyes. happy tonight. I know, and but that that is interesting. You said like yes, bad days they come like twice a week sometimes. Like mm-hmm. they do, they just come for no reason. Like this whole episode with the whole triggers, like it happens. And I think for someone like me, this is it's gonna happen for the next like two months. Um, yeah, and I feel I'm sure you have stuff too like with work or whatever is going on in your life that you're going to feel certain things as well. And we're, I'm sure anyone listening is like, Oh yeah. Like I can relate to that. Like we're all in it together. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, my little strategies and like Jenny said, like reclaiming your power and all that, that stuff does help. But then like she said, like sometimes you got to unravel your yarn balls with a professional. (laughs) That stuff also helps. Yeah, but I think this is a good transition into our next episode, which we were going to do it today, but we we just needed to knock this one out. And we didn't do one last week, obviously, because of the election. We forgot to say that. But for next week, we're going to talk about Colin Wilson, who is in the NHL, and we're going to talk about his own triggers and how he deals with his OCD, mm-hmm. but um, I won't give it all away right now. Yeah, so. I'm really excited to do that. I think that's something that's... A little bit unfamiliar. I feel like it is Me unfamiliar too. on the surface when I'm like, OCD, I don't really know much about that. But I have a weird feeling. It's something that maybe I'm not understanding properly. And I'm yeah. excited to talk about it. I feel like there's a lot more. It's like more complex mm-hmm. than I thought. I used, to, I used to think OCD was like having all your, you know, plates and napkins lined up perfectly. I know. And like Me too. tying your like shoes an perfect. Asshole. But like, I think it, there's a lot more and I'm, oh I'm my so God. excited for us to like raise awareness for this because if we don't know, know people that are very like intrigued by mental health and mental illness don't know what OCD really entails. I'm excited to kind of share, yeah. spread awareness for this and hopefully people can start to understand like, oh yeah, this actually is like a real thing, not a joke. So, no, I, I yeah, get what you're gonna, saying. 
Yeah, we're gonna shed some light on that and... It'll be good and yeah. important. Most importantly, it will be important. It's important for sure. Okay, I think we Ready? talked about triggers enough. I don't want to say that word. I know, I'm done using that word months. for the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> yes, and now I get to go shower because I'm sweating out all of my vulnerability. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Uh, we're going to let you guys go, but hope you tune in next week and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.